Hello all and welcome back for the third and final installment of the Digineer podcast series, Getting a Job or Driving Your Career. Again, I am Zach McClellan. Thank you for joining us through our episode so far. And right now we've discussed resume formatting, early interviews, late interviews, and job offers. But now I want to close out our series by going beyond the offer and talking about what happens after. And today I have Jeff Barsness for our guest, the one and only. Jeff is Digineer's Enterprise Project Management Consultant. He's PMP, PGMP certified through the, uh, the very credible uh, PMI Institute. And he's also a certified Agilist and uh, Big Five Consulting for Alumnus, um, Accenture, right, Jeff? That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first question I have for you is really all about um, starting out. I know at Digineer, we put a, a ton of emphasis, not only on the production value that consultants add, but also on the cultural impact consultants can have. So what are some things that, that you would suggest for a consultant to do to go beyond just the project and you know really start to impact the culture? What are some things you could do there? Yeah, thanks, Zach. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, one of the things that we hear from a lot of clients is that Digineer client uh, consultants really are able to just show up differently. And sometimes it's really hard for them to put their finger on exactly what's different. Mm -hmm. And I think it has a couple different areas that really have an impact on that. One is having a consulting mindset where we go in and there's proactive action taken and mm -hmm. you aren't necessarily waiting for the client to tell you exactly what you need to do and you're proactive and identifying where there might be problems before they really become issues and having that really proactive mindset. That's the first item. Uh, the second is how we manage commitments. So every engineer consultant is trained in our commitment-based management methodology, which helps ensure that we have clarity and accountability to all of our commitments. and. Uh, that's not only from the consultant, but from the client as well. And just mm -hmm. make sure there's that clear communication. And third, we also have training on organizational change management where uh, the consultants that aren't even necessarily doing that as their full-time role have exposure to that. And that gives a little bit of a different mindset when you're going into a client and understanding why you might need to do things a little bit differently to have the change that you are brought in to uh, drive, mm -hmm. have it be accepted by the client. That's a, I love that you brought up uh, commitment-based management or CBM. Uh, funny story for my first CBM training session, <laughs> I forgot about it and showed up late. <laughs> so that was not the best way to make an impression. Um, I totally agree. You know, as someone working in recruiting for Digineer, it is, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard there's just something different. And so when you say like to put your thumb on it, like really what it is, I like how you broke that down. Um, I've heard someone else at Digineer say, you know, our consultants show up, right? They show up and they, when they make a commitment, they keep to that commitment. And you know, part of that goes back into CBM, um, which is all great. And 
driving in on that culture impact and just kind of like getting into a client and getting onboarded and into the culture there, uh, building rapport is so important. I, I was told by a consultant once, you can be the smartest person in the room by a mile, but if you don't have relationships, you're gonna struggle. And now thanks to COVID, the digital age has removed all of the organic water cooler um, uh, banter that goes back and forth. For example, me and you, we just met today in person for the first time. <laughs> all of our conversations before have been Zoom calls, which is fine, you can schedule them, but it really does remove those side conversations. We've already had two or three of them. So. For you, what would you suggest uh, consultants do to kind of get in and build rapport uh, in this digital age when it has to be so much more proactive? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and while you're not really able to see everybody in person as much as you may have before, there's still a lot of those same types of activities that you'd want to try to do as much as possible through whatever digital format is uh, available for you. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like to do is set up ongoing just touch base meetings with the key people that I'm working with at a client. One, to check up on work-related things, but then as things become uh, more regular, then you can build more and more of that personal relationship and understand where they're coming from, see what other things that they're working on at the client or other challenges they may be having. And that then dives into where you could have not only that personal relationship, but also potentially see opportunities where you could provide some other insight or additional value that might give them an extra trust in what you're saying and really help build that relationship. That's interesting. So, so do you find that you have added more check-ins um, than you would normally if you're in person? Um, or do you find that you're just being more intentional with the time that you have these people on the Zoom call? Um, I think it may be a combination of both or depending on the situation. So gotcha. if it's something where you need those check-ins because you don't see them, mm -hmm. then that could very well be the case where that's the time when you can have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, if you are live with someone and you have regular check-ins, but you also see them, maybe mm -hmm you spend the time a little bit differently because mm. you've already had some of that rapport. That groundwork to that, build. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. A fun fact off the cuff bonus question. What is your favorite video platform? Is it Teams, Zoom, WebEx, or one I've never heard of? <laughs> um, I liked, for Zoom, I like the ability to actually have multiple meetings going on at the same time because oh. <laughs> that is one thing that I found is when there's overlap and I uh, need to switch to another meeting with teams, you're either on or off, at least the most recent yeah. iteration of that. I admire that. I can barely focus on one at a time. Yeah. So <laughs> good on you. Um, that's awesome. Uh, transitioning into another point I want to touch on, contributing to the client culture, building rapport, they're, they're incredibly valuable. But as you mentioned, you know, these things, especially in the digital age, these things aren't happening overnight. They can be pretty slow moving. So like in the first week or two, how do you come in just to like generally impress? And this can be culture, this can be project value, any area. How do you, like what are some things you would suggest to do to just impress right out of the gate? If you can get in and get some quick wins or provide some insights right off the bat, mm -hmm. that definitely has a big impact on building that trust right away. And sometimes when you come into a new client, you have a fresh perspective. You may be seeing things for the first time 
that everyone else there has been seeing for the last two years and doesn't really notice, or it's just become the norm. So that first couple of weeks may be the best time as well for you with that fresh mindset to be able to notice some of those things, come up with some ideas and recommendations, even if it's not directly related to the work you're specifically doing, but mm -hmm. if you can show where there could be other opportunities that can help show that you're really in there with that right mindset, consulting and uh, finding where there might be other value as well. Gotcha. Yeah, and I can imagine that goes a long way toward uh, just building trust, showing that you are there uh, to kind of help solve their problems. Um, and building trust, I know that is something that we really emphasize. I've never, uh, you know, been in a consultant role before. So I can, I can really only imagine that kind of awkward place um, that consultants must be in. I mean, we do a lot of groundwork to make sure that our consultants aren't in, you know, incredibly foreign or, you know, heaven forbid, even hostile environments. Uh, but a lot of building that relationship is really on the consultant. So how do you go about just building and establishing that trust? You know, I know we mentioned the quick wins, but what are some other measures you can take? One of the keys to building the trust is meeting commitments. And one of the first steps in making sure that you can meet commitments is really understanding the goals and the reasoning behind the problem that you're being brought in to solve and then getting really crystal clear on what success looks like. So that can then drive what those commitments should be, what the time frame is, and uh, getting back to that commitment-based management approach, that's where you can really have clear conditions of satisfaction of what is the client really looking for? What does success look like? What is a reasonable time frame when that can be done? And then having that process for anytime something comes up that may change the overall situation, you might have a couple different options of moving forward with option A or option B. This is how it would impact that timeline or what your final solution looks like and really bringing those up as early as possible and uh, building that trust that you are meeting your commitments and that you're providing the best options available. That's really interesting. I'm having a thought now of just like meeting commitments, you know, that that seems to be kind of like where personal and professional development meet, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting. I'm kind of put, putting together maybe that's part of why Digineer puts such an emphasis on that work-life balance and being able for you to not just focus on who you are as a Digineer employee, but also who you are as a person. Um, which I think is really cool. And you're, what you're saying is opening my eyes more. So thank you for that. Um, and so going back to building trust, that is something, again, it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? That is something that takes some time. And a lot of times when you come into a client, um, they're going to want to interview you first and they, they're going to want to kind of measure up like, who is this person? Why should we trust them with our problem? I, I have a former boss who used to say, whenever a client is putting a million dollars on the line, uh, someone's job is on the line. So there, there is that level where you have to build that trust. So coming in uh, as a consulting interview, how do you start to set that impression that you're going to be there, you know, to solve their problem and start that trust relationship as early as the interview? Well, the first thing you have to do is be prepared. You have to know as much as you can about the industry, about that client and even that area within the client where you would be working. And this is where leveraging any of the relationships that other Digineer consultants may have within that client 
for as much as you can find out about what you would be doing, whether it's the tools or the processes that you'd be using. If you're not totally familiar with them, that'll give you a little bit of time to do some research. So you can come in and speak to those types of tools that you might be using when it's fresh in your mind. So if it's something where, yeah, I've had experience with this particular tool five years ago, you may not be totally up to speed and might fumble around a little bit. So just refreshing on what you'd be working on mm -hmm. and some of those things that you know you'd be doing there will allow it to come a lot more naturally in that interview and mm -hmm. really make you look like you are the expert and have the experience that you have. And that will really come across much better for the client as well. Nice. Okay. So like, where do you go to kind of get this information? Is that, you know, you're working with like our salespeople or is it mm -hmm. the job description? Um, maybe any and all, but <laughs> where do you go to start preparing? Yeah, it's any at all. And especially if it's at a client where we already have other consultants there, you can really get mm -hmm. a lot of good information based on their experience working with the particular individuals you might be interviewing with, especially. And if there's a certain way that they like to have interactions. Do they want something to be really short and sweet and get to the point or do they like to have more detail? And um, how technical are they or what level of business acumen should you be expected to have? So getting some of that information from anybody that already has an interaction with that hmm. client, individual, really helps out a lot. That's awesome. I, I like that you brought up uh, both, first of all, kind of being creative, you know, you're investigating a little bit, but also um, just the networking aspect, you know, being connected to your coworkers and being connected to these people and not being afraid to reach out to them. Uh, it kind of shows how you're building rapport all over the place, because as a consultant, uh, there can be aspects where you're a little isolated from your employing company, Digineer. So I, I love that you bring that up also as an opportunity to do that. So that's awesome. Um, the last question I have for you uh, goes back to the title of the episode and the Digineer mantra, right? Turn results on. I used to have a coach that would say, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So it's all about the result, right? Like as consultants, we're not paid for working really hard. We're paid for the result. And so I can imagine that while you're on a project, at times it can be easy to get tunnel vision. Like we're, I'm here to solve this problem. This is why they're here. I've got to, you know, buckle down on this problem and just knock it out. But at Digineer, that's not really the style that we encourage. You know, we encourage people to see all the areas of value to drive those results. So for you, how do you um, kind of get beyond your job description to drive value? Yeah, many times there are several Digineer consultants in different areas of a larger client. And one of the really great ways to be able to identify where there's larger trends or other potential opportunities is when you share amongst that group and have a regular time where you are sharing what it is you're solving, what types of challenges you may be seeing and where you might be seeing even some little challenges that an area is having. Other people in other areas of the organization might be either seeing the same thing and so you see that that's a bigger trend or they may be addressing it in another way where you could then take that information back and help the teams that you're working with solve some other unrelated problems based on what you've learned from talking to other consultants. And so it really can show that you're not looking out just for your one particular task item that you're working on, but you have the overall client's best interests in mind and you're looking at other areas as well on how you could provide opportunities. 
for them. Um, Another thing to think about is as you're looking at other areas that you just notice within the client and you may provide an offer to how they could solve that particular problem. And even if it's something that is not an issue that they want to solve or address right at that moment, it should, it still helps build the trust and puts you in a different light where you're there trying to help solve problems Mm -hmm. and not just focus on your particular task. Hmm. That's interesting. You you have to lean into that consultative approach that you defined Mm -hmm. earlier and really kind of bring those, that fresh vision. Uh, something I tell candidates sometimes is the most one of the best parts of being a consultant is that you get to break things. <laughs> so I, I think it's a, I feel affirmed that you brought that up. That you you know one of those things that can be broken is perception, and so just kind of coming in with that fresh perspective is awesome. Um, so Jeff, thank you. That was my last question for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been really fun. This has been a really fun series, but. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with our audience. Um, I've seen you run meetings. I've seen you discuss solutions and drive value for Digineer. And to our audience, let me tell you, it is worth your time to reflect on the things that Jeff has said. He is really an artist when it comes to it. So absolutely worth your time. Make sure you do that, Jeff. Once again, thank you very much. We named this episode Turn Results On because results and value is really what consulting is about. The truth is, clients don't like to pay consultants to work really hard for average results. Clients like to get more than expected. So always be looking for ways to turn results on. And lastly, as we close this series, I want to remind you all, when you are considering a job change, impress, but impress toward action. Be professional, but share your passion. And lastly, turn results on. Don't just get a job, drive your career. Thank you all for joining.